Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Amy Wees. Andy Arnott is out today, but we are recording episode 110 of the Seller Roundtable, and I am here with my friend Colin Foster from Brainpower. Hey, Colin, what's up? How are you? How are you? Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, you know, we always start our episodes just getting to know you a little bit better. So sure. tell everybody as much or as little as you want to tell. If you want to provide a blood sample, that's okay. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I have my uh, ancestry.com entire family tree here for you. Exactly. So just tell us where you're from and, and a little bit more about you and your background. And um, yeah. Yeah, sure. No problem. So, so I'm from Miami, uh, which is probably why you see so much sun in the background of my uh, video here, uh, my Zoom. Um, so I got started in e-commerce about seven years ago. Um, I had my own product, still have my own brand that's named Almond Pro and, um, big, you know, big on Shopify. We started actually with click funnels and I kind of navigated my way through the e-commerce journey, so to speak. And I, you know, I had a, a mentor lead me along the way, um, and just taught me kind of the ins and outs of the industry. Got me thankfully involved in copywriting very early on and really, you know, in, really emphasize the importance of being able to write copy. So that was kind of where my trajectory went uh, when it came to like where I was putting my energy and learning the most and outside of just like pure digital infrastructure, right? Like what else can I use here? And, and copy is where that fell. And um, over the years, I've used that across, you know, different performance projects. I've worked with influencers, uh, you know, doing selling online education, um, lots of D2C stuff. My, that's my favorite thing to sell is direct to consumer, obviously. Um, especially in the CPG space. Um, I, I love things that are just packaged. It can be sold quality products, right? Um, which is kind of the premise of all the products that we work with. We do have some clients that do online education, but uh, CPG is our jam. So, um, and yeah, I've, I've been with uh, BrainPower now. I'm the president and um, I'm also in charge of product and client selection because we're very selective about the products that we pick because one thing we'll probably talk about today is how not all products that are on Amazon work on Shopify. So um, we have to be selective. Yeah, like I said, selective on how we choose our products and who we work with. But I think that's, uh, that's the best of I, I got right off the top of my head. How was that? I love it. So I now see why you and I get along so well, because I also love sales and copywriting. I mm -hmm. think that everything that you do in the sales side is is about how you communicate with the customer and how you make them feel uh, along yes. the journey and um, you know customer when you can gain that trust um, it, it really makes a difference customers buy from brands that they know like and trust and um, yeah. and copy is where that's at um, so I love that I love that you have a background in sales uh, Mark Cuban once said that if he lost his billions um, yeah. he and people said, you know, do you think you lost everything? Do you think you could get it back? And he said, you know, if I lost my billions, um, I would, I don't know if I'd be able to get it all back, but I would get a job in sales and I'd at least be able to make a million back. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. I mean, that number. so do you think that, I mean, this is a random question, not related to Shopify, but do you think that sure. anyone can learn how to be a good copywriter or do you think it really takes a certain Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I could, that, that's a great question. You know, I think 
I think you can. I, I think you can, especially if you are passionate about your product, because chances are, if you're passionate about the product that you sell, you're probably very in tune with the benefits and the features of your product. And if you can learn to, to differentiate between the two, I think the outside the box thinking kind of has comes with time. Even me, like I'm, I, I use, I'm definitely a little bit more right side of the brain, a little bit more creative and stuff, but it still took me a while to, I guess, I hate to say like, think like a copywriter, but I, when I talk to people, I actually hear copy sometimes. It's pretty weird. You know, like somebody will say something to me and I'll be like, oh, that's a good headline right there. I'm writing that on my phone. Like that's, that's, that's definitely a good attention grabber. So I think, I think over time, it's something you just kind of get a knack for, but yeah, there's definitely some that just some of the greats, but there's some amazing books out there that can definitely help big time. Yes. Love that. Well, let's get into it. You grow brands yeah. on Shopify and you and I were talking about brands and what makes a good brand for Shopify. Uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about the best products to grow on Shopify? Oh yeah, totally. So um, I always say that when you're, when you're, when you're selling on Shopify, right, you're, you're not really just competing or just trying to get uh, you're not just competing with your competitors, right? You're, you're competing with distractions. So the number one thing you're really looking for in your product and your marketing is capturing attention, right? Like you need to captivate attention and you have to have a product and uh, a marketing campaign and a marketing strategy that is strong enough to retain that attention and, and, and then get engagement. Because like I said, you've got, it's not just your, com your, your, your competitors sending out ads. It's also your text message is going off, your phone ringing, you know? So there's a lot of variables that you have to take into consideration when you're, when you're selling on these mobile predominantly platforms, right? Because you're not, you're doing most of the traffic on your mobile these days. So the best products um, are those that number one, capture attention. They have to be very unique. Um, we used, we like to say they present a new opportunity to the market. You know, um, a great example of an opportunity would be like, um, Uber and taxis, right? So, you know, back in the days, um, I know that taxis were extremely unreliable. They cost a lot of money. It was not something that you could use on a daily basis. And then here comes Uber with this amazing new opportunity to just have a, a, a car right at your doorstep within seven minutes, right? So we look for something that presents a really strong new opportunity to the marketplace, usually a very strong, unique selling proposition. Um, another thing that we look for is we look for um, desire, right? Like, do people want this? Is this is something that exists within um, people at a primal level? So, you know, in a lot of instances when we wanna buy something, um, it's, not, it's not that somebody created that desire in us, it's that they tapped into it because desire can't really, it's like energy. You can't really create it or destroy it, it just exists so you can only tap into it. So we look at, does this product tap into desire, right? To, into a primal desire. Some something might like traveling or eating. But I think it's also, you know, like Donald Miller puts it as survival, right? Yes. The way to yes. tell a really good story is how all of us humans are, have a desire to survive, like something that's going to help us survive or thrive yes. in some way. So I think that, you know, that taps into that survival mechanism. You know, if you yes. don't have this in your life, what is it going to be like, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it just taps into that desire side. So I love that you put it from the desire side of things because I've mm -hmm. heard it from the survivalist kind of point yes. of things, but love the desire side. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. I've never seen vice versa. I've never heard it the way you put it. And that at, at a primal level really does, you know, our, our, our surroundings have changed, right, as human beings, but our instincts really haven't. As much as we think they have, they really, they really haven't. Um, so we, we like to tap into, obviously, that desire. Um, and then we look for two last things, um, which is an experience or a mechanism, like what changes in the process and when it comes to the problem that you're solving, the opportunity that you're presenting to the marketplace, um, you know, think of like, we'll go back to the, since we're talking about primal, you know, stuff real quick, we could say, um, when people are hungry, they could eat maybe a chicken rice and, and, a, and a glass of water. They could have that every single day, probably for the rest of their life and survive for a very long time. Right. Or maybe, maybe even something plant-based, but humans don't want that. They want to change. They want a new mechanism. They want to introduce a new experience whenever they eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. Right. So people like to see, um, that kind of change when it comes to solving problems. Think of bubble baths and bath bombs, right? They do virtually the same thing, but the mechanism and the experience completely changes, right? The, a bath bomb, it kind of explodes, right? Into the, in, whereas one just bubbles up. So we look for a new experience, right? And we can go back to the iPod, you know, iPod CD player, big new experience there, digital. And the last thing, um, which is really one of the most important things is what are we replacing in the marketplace, right? Like what, what is currently in the marketplace that we can do not only better, but completely get rid of it because human beings at a primal level don't like to just improve, they like to replace. Improvement offers will usually not do as well as replacement offers. It's kind of when people go to get a new car, they don't really need a new car most of the time. They just, they, instead of just improving it or getting new tires or maybe tinting the windows, and eh, no, I'm tired of it, I wanna get a new one. So That's we always so look for awesome. the, bigger, the, bigger, the bigger the gap there, the bigger of an indication that we have a really solid product. So that's how we actually, that's literally like the foundation for how we look at what products we're going to choose and what products we're going to market. There's a lot more stuff, but I think for like, for your listeners, for like four things, opportunity, desire, um, replace uh, experience and replacement. Those four components are like literally the backbone of our business. And you know, for all of you private label sellers out there who yeah. are trying to do product research, yep. you should use that as your guideline, right? You totally. should think about when you're thinking about that product that you're thinking about bringing to market, you should really think about, okay, does it have a strong USP? Does, yes. is there a desire in the marketplace for it? What is the experience compared to what I call reasonable alternatives? So what right. I, I call these reasonable alternatives, whenever I'm working with inventors and they're looking at, at this new cool idea, I'm like, okay, but how many reasonable alternatives are there in the marketplace? And are yes. they significantly right. cheaper? Like how does yours bring that additional right. value, right? And then the replacement, what are you replacing? Yep. I love that way of thinking about it instead of just reasonable alternatives. Like why would they choose yours, right? And not this other. Yes. I love that. That's such yeah, a great we, way to break down four things. Yeah. I, I can also tell you that like that formula, I, I, I kid you not, I've used it in every product that I've launched. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not always a, a rocket to the moon, but it has, it, even on my, even on the days where I hit the ignition button and the rocket doesn't jump up as high as I, or, you know, shoot off as high as I want it to, it's, it has always proven itself to be a very solid baseline model for how I'm going to market products as well. So, you know, everything can always be optimized. That's what we do in e-commerce uh, most of the time. Right. Um, but that, that formula right there is, like I said, it, it's the foundation of a lot of everything we've built our product selection on. So um, it works. Love that. So let's talk about 
a real brand. So yeah. what makes a real brand in your eyes versus just like an Amazon only product? Oh, great question. So I would say, um, I actually had a, a conversation with, uh, with a pretty big uh, client of ours. And he said, he said something that was really cool. And it, it kind of, we, we just had a conversation. It's directly in response to what you're saying, because he sold on Amazon first, right? And um, he said that his product was driving the, his, his product was driving the brand, right? Like his sales entirely were driving the brand. Like if he stopped marketing or stops spending on ads, um, his, his business wouldn't really perform how it was performing. To him, um, the message is what drives, is, is when you drive a brand, right? Like when your message and what your, your mission statement, what your purpose, when you're a, you know, a purpose-driven company, um, that message is what actually what drives the brand. The sales support it, right? But the driving force becomes the vision. It usually takes, um, you know, especially when we're, when we're doing a lot of PPC, a lot of customer acquisition, customer acquisition, it, when you're doing it like that, as opposed to like a boots to ground organic, you know, those, that's the benefit of the boots to ground organic method. You're going to get more, you're going to get more of a personalized touch when it comes to acquiring customers, speaking to people, building that mission from, from kind of inception. But most of us in e-commerce aren't really building like that. Most of us are acquiring, 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 acquiring. So what happens is, is when you stop acquiring, what happens, right? Like, do your sales fall off, right? And I mean, that goes back into retention and great products, right? So I would say that really getting it so that people become advocates. They want to become advocates for your business. It's, it's not just about the product. The product doesn't drive the brand. The mission drives the brand, you know? And I, I have a saying is um, attention gets the sale, product gets the scale. So like you can capture people's attention these days. Like it's, it's not super easy to sell things online, but it's a lot easier than it was 20 years ago, right? We know where people are in the funnel. We know where they are uh, in terms of engagement. We know everything about people when it comes to media buying. So at this point, it kind of looks like, you know, you can have, you can get sales, but that doesn't mean you're going to grow a, a scalable business. You have to have a great product. And that product usually translates into some sort of mission that people then use to drive the business. So they, they kind of like, kind of transfer from one to the next, right? I, I like to think of it as um, whether your reviews come naturally. <laughs> you know, Listen, the Amazon sellers are always I, trying to get more reviews. They're uh, always like, how do I get more reviews? Well, you're selling a light bulb. And so yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, right. but you're not going to get more reviews. But if you really yeah. do, if you connect with the mission if you of your brand to the feeling that that customer gets when they buy your product yes. and you're replacing all the things that we talked about that make up a brand, um, yes. you're really helping them with something in their life and you're making a difference in their life. They are just naturally going to leave a review without you even asking. Like we get new five-star reviews for our, uh, for my invented product all the time yes. because it just saves people so much time and money. And they're yep. just like, Oh, I have to leave a review. This is the best thing ever, you know? So it's just really, you know, it's easy if you have one of those products. And I think that is every major brand that we ever think about that we know, like, and trust brought one of those products to market that really made a difference in our life. And yeah. yeah. A A good thing. Well, a good thing about another thing that you touched on, and it's really important, is just, you know, the, the product, like the experience, right? What happens is when people trust products, they then trust the manufacturer and the supplier and the, the producer of the product, right? So w- when your mission is, is authentic and your product is good, what, happened is it may, it, what happens is it makes your mission and your, and your, your, 
your goal with the business much more authentic to your consumers, right? Because you're now relatable, you're trustworthy, you're actually selling a good product, you deliver the product on time, you have a great experience, there's great packaging. These are all the things that like, you know, that I don't think are talk, talked about enough when it comes to Shopify and not even just Shopify, but like you, utilizing outside traffic platforms, like even social media advertising, right? You can sell on Facebook and you can do Facebook ads. What a lot of people don't remember, realize is that you can also engage with people who ask questions immediately, right? Like you could, somebody can ask you, oh, well, how many calories are in this product? And you can literally, this is a perfect opportunity for you to have an immediate piece of engagement with your customer at, at, at the advertising level. Like no media in history has ever really had that power, right? Like when you think that that's something that nobody talks about, like when we get, when we get customer service, we literally have somebody who is literally designated for Facebook comments to be extremely thorough. It's, it doesn't just say, Oh, how many calories? 158. It's, Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Great to hear from you. Um, there's 158 calories in this product. Do you have any additional questions? Like create an experience when you do stuff like that from, from like inception on the acquisition side, using paid media, like, if you carry that all the way through good messaging on your email, you people are just naturally going to like your product. Like why wouldn't they, if it's a great product. So that's really where the brand is the differentiator, like the communication with your customer, the like, you know, we're all in, e I, I'm in e-commerce world. So I look at data all day. Right. But at the end of that piece of data is a, is a real human being that at a, at a primal level always wants a positive relationship. Human beings want positive relationships in their life. So even though we're brands and we're products and we sell as such, we still have the capacity to develop very, very strong relationships with brands. And after COVID, especially, that's mostly what's driving businesses right now. That's separating like e-commerce products and e-commerce brands, you know? I love that. That's just so strong. So, you know, let's get into what it takes to grow a brand on Shopify, because I know so many Amazon sellers will reach out to me and they'll say, you know, Amy, I, I want to get a Shopify store up and running and I just, I don't know what I should do. Um, can you tell me, Colin, when I talked to you last time, you yeah. told me about all, you basically like <laughs> every angle, like you have thought of every angle of growing a brand. Like you create multiple funnels, you do split yeah. testing, you have like follow-up email sequences for every one of your fundal, funnels that's personalized to yeah. that to that landing page like yeah. you have yeah. created like a machine you have yeah. created a system for growing a brand on on and off of shopify really but really helping people grow their following and everything yeah. like and of course shopify is just the the method that you use to do that and you do yeah. other things off of shopify but Let's yeah. talk a little bit about your process and how you yeah. go through the process of growing a brand on Shopify and some of the marketing funnels and copywriting that's involved. Yeah. Oh, great. So, so yeah, our process, basically we, we start with the, uh, we have a strategy session, right? That we go with and we basically, we go really, really deep on who our customer is, right? We're learning about basically everything and anything um, that basically resonates with our customer in terms of what now I don't want to say what their what their values are right but we're trying to take them from an imperfect present to a desirable future right and we want to understand the pain points that they're going through we want to understand kind of the problems that are that they're experiencing how do we make these problems you know better and solve them and we solve very specific problems and we just go into an in-depth research process where we learn 
everything and anything that we can about our customers. A lot of it revolves around re uh, review research. So we do review re research where we'll look at one, one star reviews, three star reviews and five star reviews. Um, typically, you know, a cool tip for your, for, for your listeners is um, one of the things that we do um, on each of those uh, reviews is we copy and paste as many of the reviews as we can. And we use what's called a word cloud generator. So we can look at the one-star reviews. We'll copy as many. We'll get, you know, say a brand has 3,000 reviews. We'll get as many of those reviews as we can. We'll put them in a word cloud generator. And the word cloud will literally pick the most popular words. So you'll know with unbiased, like there's, it's just data, right? The lead, they don't, there's no, um, there's no subjectiveness to it, right? It'll show us all the key words that are in a one-star review. Like what are the number one things that people are complaining about? It'll extract the most common words. Three stars, we do the same thing. And five stars, we do the same thing. And that what's cool about that is you get like the really, really bad, right? This was the worst product that I've ever had in my life reviews. You get the fives, which is this is the best product I've ever had in my entire life. And it's a light bulb. So it's probably a little exaggerated, right? But you also get the three stars, which is... I liked it, but, and that is, that is, that's where the gold is because now, you know, like, cause you know, with the, with one stars, you're going to get a lot of product damage stuff. It came it, they sent me the wrong item. They sent me the wrong flavor. Five stars sometimes are a little exaggerated. Three stars are like where we get the sweet spot because it's the most objective and neutral opinion you can get from somebody. It, somebody is taking the time to say, you know what? It wasn't that great, but it wasn't that bad. So what, what made it in between? And where, where, can we, where can we use that to exist on this side of the spectrum, on the five-star five side? So anyway, we, that's just a little tip that we use because it, it works really well for, for learning you know, where your product is. And, you know, I where, am where the so going to cut that tip out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. Send it to me. <laughs> it's so good. That's a great yeah. tip. I love word clouds and I've never thought about using them in that way, right? It's yeah. Awesome. I'm so, I'm yeah. sorry. Keep no, no, you're good. Keep spilling the gold. We're listening. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure. So, you know, so we'll look, we'll look at a lot of that stuff. And and I always say at the end of the day, it all boils down to research. And that's just the copywriter in me. Like we research so much, you know, we look up um, news articles, you know, like I said, the, the, the reviews, audience insights, unfortunately, is supposed to be disappearing. So I, I didn't want to talk about it too much um, from Facebook, but Facebook audience insights, you know, it's still up and running now. Um, but it's such a powerful tool, but I, I believe it, July 1st, it's supposed to be going away. I'm not, I'm, I don't know how, what they're going to be replacing it with, but I, I know there's been some notices on that. So anyway, um, research is number one. Um, and then you kind of start going and you build infrastructure around that. When we talk about infrastructure, I typically like to do one of two things. It depends on the client and it depends on where they're, where, where people are at in their business. Some people will have a Shopify store, um, that has some basic, you know, it's got like a, a homepage and it's very, very basic, right? What you could do is if you wanted to test to see if Shopify would be a good option for your product, um, you know, to, to sell it. Um, what I would probably do is leave this, the site the way it is without having to build too much and build an, an acquisition, what we would call an acquisition page, right? Or a, or a landing page. And what that landing page does is, is you basically put your product on there and you write copy. Think of it like a funnel, right? You know, I, I, I use that term very carefully because, you know, I love click funnels, but there's just a little difference, you know, between. Almost like an Amazon product listing page, yeah, right? Yeah, Where it's just yes. that product on the page and we're yes. trying to take them through the journey of that product and take them all the way through to the point of purchase, right? E exactly. 
And, you know, one of the most important things, just so it, for everybody listening, one of the most important things on that page, besides the copywriting and, you know, the creative and all the other stuff that goes along with it, um, is the offer. The offer is super, super important. Um, most of the time when people think about um, offers, like if you tell somebody, oh, you know, um, you know, your offer isn't that great. All right? If I tell somebody their offer isn't that great on the page, so a lot of people immediately think that we're, I'm telling them to lower the price. Um, but really what developing offers is about, it's not really about price. It's actually more about value. So people don't really never, people very rarely don't buy because of price. It's because they didn't see the, the value in the price that you were presenting to them, right? So what, we, what we're trained to do and what we do during our offer development process is we look at what you have in your business or what we can find, source, or be creative with, the eBooks or whatnot that we can give to your consumers when they purchase, when they, when they purchase this acquisition, you know, your product through an acquisition offer, right? So I'll give you a great example. Um, one of our clients, they sell organic supplements, right? They're, they're a pretty large uh, seller of organic supplements on Amazon. They were having a lot of trouble with their website in general, but they want, we wanted to test to make sure that it was, you know, we could get something going before we went and built out the, all this expensive infrastructure, right? So we, we built them a landing page. And then in the offer development, what we did was we got them these, I helped them source this um, torna electric tornado bottle um, overseas. And it's this, basically it's like a shaker, but instead of it being a shaker, it's got like a plastic spinner in there and you press a button and it turns on and it, and it blends for you. And we got a bunch of really cool creative in there. It was, it was very, very cheap to, to source and we bundled it with the product and we gave it to people for free. And we were able to charge right around the same amount of price the right around the same price for the product without having to discount it too much because we created more value, right? So we, we factored that into the price. And that's one of the things you can do on the acquisition side um, to start bringing people into your brand, right? And then sell them things on the back end, right? Is usually with the good product, good experience. So I would usually recommend, obviously, first thing is research. Next thing is probably a single product landing page. I don't know how, it depends on many SKUs you have. I think it goes on a case by case basis for the for purposes of this podcast. I don't want to be too generic because every case is different, you know? Um, but in, in a lot of cases, what we do is we test the single product landing page um, and then we run traffic to those pages. One of the things that people don't get told enough um, as, as another tip for your listeners, because there's no, there's no shortage of media buying companies out there that want your business, right? There's plenty of Facebook buyers out there and, um, you know, Google ad buyers and, and all that good stuff. Um, but what a lot of them, you know, I don't want to say what a lot of them won't tell you, because that just sounds like they're being shady, but it's not. But I think a common misconception is, is that people think that they have a page or a piece of infrastructure that's even ready to have traffic sent to it, right? Just because you have a website on Shopify does not mean that the traffic should be sent there, right? Because it's, it's probably not going to convert this 2% number that everybody thinks just magically exists. It, that's the, that's if you have pretty solid infrastructure, pretty decent copywriting, you'll probably convert at 2%. If you don't have the right basic tools, you won't even convert even half that, I don't think. So um, it's about making sure that you have the right components, you know, copywriting that works, an email marketing, you know, some sort of email marketing flow or campaign that's going out to your customers, but landing page, right? With the right components. And then you go to market with traffic, right? And then traffic is sent to the page um, via Facebook, Instagram, or still, even though there's a lot going on with Facebook right now with iOS 14. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're, I know your listeners are obviously probably a lot more on the Amazon side. So iOS 14, there's a lot of going, a lot of things going on right now, just with, with 
Facebook being able to track things and attribution and all that other, you know, good stuff that Facebook uses. Um, but it's still a powerful channel. Um, yeah. And we use traffic from that source uh, or other external sources to then convert people and then start bringing them into uh, the brands that we work with. And I think the key too that you build out is you also think about what do, how do we communicate with that customer after they make a purchase or after yes. they visited the page? And I think yes. so many people don't really think all the way through the funnel, right? They're creating right. that Facebook ad and they're like, okay, uh, I got traffic. How many conversions am I getting? Yes. And they're just waiting for that conversion to happen. And they haven't built anything other than just you sign up for my email list, right? Yes, totally. But you're building ahead of time. You're thinking all the way through that funnel and you're building out that follow-up sequence yes. that specifically um, that helps. Way. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.